afternoon, friends. Uh, Coming to you today uh, with a message about heaven. And if you're tuning in with me on this podcast, you'll notice I've added some introductory music. And that music is by uh, some dear friends of mine in the band Set for the Fall. They're a local North Carolina rock band who are believers and they are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to people through their music. And I would encourage you, uh, as you're supporting things that are um, having a tough time staying afloat these days with the um, COVID-19, um, a band like this, who is a phenomenal band, who is always bringing the gospel, especially to kids, um, you know, we need to be supporting them. So get on your um, music outlets and purchase their music they have got uh, their latest album that is out is called still just breathing and the intro you heard is from a song liar and uh phenomenal band great guys great live great hearts great families uh, we need to be supporting these guys who are doing this uh, especially these musicians tough tough times but uh i didn't come to you today to talk about Music, I came to you to talk about heaven. So doing a study this morning in preparation for a um, video that goes on on Wednesday evenings at my local church where myself and a pastor and one other guy get together. And for the last number of weeks, we've been doing a video study uh, because of the virus and not wanting to get too many people in a Bible study, small group in close proximity to one another. We've been doing a video and putting it up and it has become uh, relatively popular locally. We're getting a few hundred watches every week, which is really good because um, the information is right out of the gospels, right out of the word of God. And it's just that it is a study. Um, We're really digging into the word and trying to get some information to everyone, and hopefully it is changing hearts and changing minds and leading people to Jesus Christ. This Wednesday, we're going to talk about heaven. And as I was looking through notes this morning, I was looking through some old notes, and one of the verses that always pops up for me when we talk about heaven is out of Luke in uh, 22, 43, excuse me, 23, 43. And it's when Christ is on the cross, and the criminal or thief who's next to him on the cross asks Jesus to remember him. Um, Jesus' response is pretty interesting. Um, You know, you could do a real huge study on this, and and a lot of studies come up about this man's salvation. And, you know, he was never baptized, and he never said a prayer, and he simply asked Jesus to remember him in heaven. Uh, And there's a lot of proofs in here about Christ and his righteousness and his sovereignty and his ability to save whom he wants. And that person simply asks Christ to be there uh, as his savior, to be his atonement, to be his propitiation. And Christ does just that. Right there in that moment, his response to him is truly I say to you today, you shall be with me in paradise. Well, I, I, this is really cool, but that word paradise can be something that we fall over a little bit. Because what does that mean? What do you mean in paradise? And 
uh, we're going to jump all the way into Revelation, into chapter 21. In chapter 21, in verse 1, Christ's revelation to John, John is saying that I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first time. Uh, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Um, God is going to get rid of the creation and create it all again new. It says that um, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And then he finishes with verse 5 with, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So God's going to make it all new for us. Well, the word that he uses for heaven in verse 21 is the Greek word ornos, which is um, used three different ways, really, in the New Testament. And the three ways that he uses it is heaven, like the air around us, and then the heavens, like space, the stars, the moon, everything that's out there, and then the dwelling place of God. Well, the dwelling place of God has already been established here because he sees God on the throne, so that's where he dwells. So that place isn't going to disappear. So what is the heaven that disappears? That heaven that disappears would be the heavens around him and the earth. So all of creation is going to go away, and then a new one made. So how does it tie into this thing in Luke 23? Well, the word paradise that's used there in Greek is paradisos. And that word does not translate as heaven. So if you're to look at it and think, is did the thief go to heaven? Where did he go? Well, this word is the word we get paradise from, paradisos, paradise. And it means a park or a garden. Now take a look back, if you will, all the way to the beginning and where did he make Adam and Eve? He made them in the garden. He made them in the place where God started to establish creation. And it was good. So what God originally made was good. With whatever things are there, the plants of the earth and the animals that roamed in the, in the seas and the skies. And, uh, you know, if you can read the creation story in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 where we see this amazing creation born out of nothing except God's imagination and holiness and he said it was good so when sin came in and tainted everything through Adam it was no longer what it was when it was created it has become something that has been used to death and destruction and is coming apart so when God says, behold, I'm making all things new, what he's doing is he's making his creation new again so that we have a place to be with him again. And that place is the place he intended right from the get-go, and that is the garden. And as I do this study, I just find it interesting when you look at all of the ways that heaven is looked at in the New Testament and see that God's got such an amazing plan for us and a plan that, uh, you know, it's not floating on the cloud uh, like a chubby little angel with a bow and arrow, like a cherub, uh, uh, some sort of Valentine's Day cherub. 
It's not boredom. Um, and it's not the things of this earth that we would think as well. It, it's a kingdom, of course, because God is the king. And we see evidence of there being a kingdom, especially in the Old Testament, but also in the parables where God has established his kingdom. And then, of course, we see a city. And we see that it will become our home. God has created a place for us to live. Um, and he's gathering us home. You know, he's, he, he talks about his house in John 14. And there are many rooms. So it's a place he's prepared for us in his home. We will feel like we belong there, unlike the earth where... When you're a believer, you have a yearning to be somewhere else because it's not home. And then all the way up through Revelation with our new home that's being built. But here's the other thing is that we see this idea of the garden coming up again. You see in Genesis 2 in verse 8, God planted the garden. It was something he made for us. So he's going to remake that for us. And then the verse I just read out of Luke, we see the thief going to the garden. And then in Revelation 2, we're going to see the tree of life come up again. And then in Revelation 22, we're going to see the river and the water of life. And we're going to get this picture of fruit that yields and leaves and many nations dwelling together in unity, in the holiness of God. And it creates this picture of this big garden that we all live in, a big, you know, majestic earth that only we could be in awe of because of God's creation. Here's the other thing that I find interesting is we kind of get this idea that it's going to be fun. In Matthew 22, in one of the parables Jesus speaks to them about the kingdom of heaven being compared to a wedding feast. Now, if you go to a wedding feast, there's a lot of food and there's singing and there's dancing and there's music and there's people talking and there are people making specific speeches, lifting up the people being married to one another. It's kind of this picture that for us, we're going to lift up the bridegroom at this wedding and say amazing things about him. Sing glory to him. Hallelujah to him. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. And blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, it tells us in Revelation 19. This idea of an amazing, majestic party where we get to have fun. Because as God's children... You can only imagine he would want us to enjoy the time that we have there lifting him up. As we love our children and we desire for them to enjoy themselves and to love and to learn and create and to build and be creative, you can see that picture of God desiring that for us in his perfection in the garden that he has created for us to explore and name animals and eat these amazing fruits and find new things and create new things. But the news is this, and this is good news, but it's limiting. There's only one mediator. There's only one Jesus Christ. There's only one way to the Father. 
Jesus came for us. He came for us because we were sinful and we were separated from our God. And the only way there is to believe on him and realize that he is our mediator, that he is our propitiation, our payment. He atones for, he pays the price for our sin so that like that thief on the cross, he can say to us today, you will be with me in paradise. See, we don't need to worry about a process. We don't need to worry about all the steps involved because Christ has that covered. He's worked all that out. All we need to do, believe on him, confess our sins, enjoy living in his righteousness, and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in your heart. My prayer for you today is you would do just that. Look to these verses. Look towards heaven as something to be um, amazed by. It's not just a funny word that we talk about lightly in church, although we don't study it enough, most likely. God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for me in the afterlife. It's to be in that garden, to have a party that likens a, a wedding party, to sing hallelujah to him. Have a blessed day. Stay on the grind.